One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. going down. everybody welcome to a brand new episode of what's going down here on wherever you get your podcasts or on patreon if you get ad free my name is kenny i'm joined as always by mr finley martin finn how are you this fine tuesday calmer than you kenny That's <laughs> well i'm i'm uh, i'm recording from the office so you can probably hear the echo because the, the office is now the echo room uh, because we are in our last ditch pack moments before we go literally as soon as we finish our Batch of recordings today is straight to the airport to go to London, meet up with a friend tonight, and then LA tomorrow. So, uh, if you, you could, you did Vegas once, right? You, you did Vegas. I've been, I've been to Vegas twice, 99 and so 2001. How did you cope with the long flight time? Oh, yeah, in San Francisco, went there as well. So um, I know it was more difficult when I was a smoker, I know that. And by the time I went to Vegas, I quit. So that made it so much easier. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, really. I mean, you can't really sleep because of the recycled air and the seats. And yeah. um, it's just so uncomfortable. Maybe you can for a little bit. And then the night flights on the way back are, are just always, you don't really sleep. And yeah, the next morning you get back, you feel terrible. And it takes you like two or three days to get back to normal. So <laughs> I'm not really selling it, am I, Kenny? <laughs> I usually, so especially on the West Coast flights, which are 12 hours, I usually find for the first sort of six hours, I'm absolutely fine. 
you know, there's kind of the novelty of you're going on holiday, whatever. And then between hours six and nine, I just have lost the will to live. And then about hours 10, 11, 12, I'm perked up again because the end is in sight. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, we're not here to hear about my travel. Uh, tribulations. Tribulations, that's the word. We're here to talk about the wrestling. And um, obviously the build to WrestleMania has continued. Um with a pretty eventful episode of SmackDown, which we'll kick off with. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode today because obviously I'm going away. Um, but the big thing coming out of SmackDown was, of course, the angle following the Rey Mysterio and LA Knight match, where uh, LA Knight got the win with, uh, you know, thanks to Dom, giving a bit of a distraction. And then post-match, Dom again tries to get Ray to fight him and he says no. And then Dom goes over to Angie and Finn. Angie sold this angle. The pop from that crowd, at least half of it has to be attributed to the acting chops on Angie Mysterio. I've got to, I've got to stand corrected. Angie was great here. You know, I mean, I've knocked her in the past. <laughs> you know, we've kind of made fun of her, or at least I have. And she showed me here. She showed the world. You know, she took this very seriously. She really sold the gravity of it and just how appalled she was by Dominic's behaviour. I thought Aaliyah did really well also. I mean, Dominic was the star, of course, yelling at them, telling them to shut up and call him stupid and just being utterly obnoxious. And I really like the development of the character. There's no comedy anymore. And, um, you know, that was funny while it lasted, but the time for kidding is over. So I thought it was really funny. He was yelling at Angie, just being just a tyrant and an ogre. And this was the straw that brought the camels back. Ray had had enough. He came round, nailed his son, knocked him down, you know, agreed to face him at WrestleMania. Dominic was backpedaling out of there. He was like, you know, really shocked that, you know, Ray had finally agreed to this match that he'd been <laughs> requesting and seeking for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, you know, typical bully, typical coward. Um, and Dom is the guy who has the real heel heat. I mean, let's face it, there, isn't, there aren't many people in pro wrestling, at least in the States, who have genuine fans loathe that act, that performer. Yeah. Uh, but fans really dis, really dislike him. They detest Dominic Mysterio, which just, just shows you how well this is working. Yeah, who would have thought a year ago when these two were... Was it, was it last year when they won the tag titles on the Go Home Smackdown? Yeah, yeah, they were they were you know united as a team, but I mean I've been saying all along that he had to split from from Ray, and obviously he did eventually at Clash of the Castle, which was the right move for him. And um, you know, I I just think this story they've told ever since the split has been brilliant. I mean, it's been predictable, but I mean, but then even I mean, even though it was logical, like you say, for for them to split, I don't think any of us could have imagined how hot the the story would be. I mean, it's exceeded no. my expectations by miles. Absolutely. Uh, and, and Ray's been great in this, just turning the other cheek and refusing to fight his son. And, um, you know, the easiest thing in the world would, would have been for them to go early on this one and for Ray to buckle and accept and, uh, his son's challenge. He refused to do so until Dominic just crossed the line by being obnoxious to... Um, to Angie and calling her a lose, uh, deadbeat mum and all this other carry on. So, yeah, it was really well done. Yeah, re- really well done. And they followed it up on Raw as well, didn't they? 
Yes, which we will we will get to. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the way they, the way that we eventually got the the moment was obviously Dom calling Angie a deadbeat mum, telling her to shut up, and then Ray came around and he just nailed Dominic, and the crowd went mental. Yeah, that. So and he accepts the match for WrestleMania, so it's on. And um, yeah. don't disrespect your mother like that. You wanted a fight at WrestleMania. You're on. I'll see you at WrestleMania, son. Threw the mic down, and Dom looked very, very shocked that his dad has, has agreed because he thought he never would. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> elsewhere on SmackDown, though, we had a, a, a pretty interesting contract signing segment with Gunther, uh, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus, which I thought was a battle of laughs. Um, I mean, Drew McIntyre, I, th- I think we do need to say, I think he's starting to battle the hairline a little bit. I think it's starting <laughs> to. It's, it, I mean, Drew. All I'm saying is, see when you get your next injury, trip to Turkey. Yeah. That's what doing. Yeah, have a word with Austin. Austin Theory, he knows the good place to go. Because Drew looks, Drew looks so good with that hair. You know, the big kind of lion-like long hair. And um, yeah, if, if I were him, I would be making sure. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's on it already to figure something out. Anyway, yeah, I thought this was a really good segment. It led into uh, Gunther and Butch having a match, which, you know, obviously wasn't as... Long and epic as the previous match they had in NXT, but um, yeah. I thought this was a really good way to build to this triple threat match. Yeah, definitely. And you know, Butch was expendable. You know, he was a person that was, you know, sent into base cannon fodder. You know, to use a that sort of uh, analogy. Um, and this was the right outcome. I'm sure people were watching saying, "Well, you know, how come Pete Dunne, you know, had this match with Walter and now he's doing the job to Gunter in, I can't remember how many minutes they were out there, but it was a respectful length of match. Nine and minutes. It was how long? Sorry, Kenny? Nine minutes. Nine minutes. Well, yeah, that was that was okay. I mean, you know, Butch is not a featured player at the moment. He's a background guy. Hopefully he'll be a featured player after WrestleMania. I'm not sure if he will be because in a team with Ridge Holland, well, Ridge just isn't progressing. So... I'm not quite sure what Butch does next, and he's not really big enough to make it on his own, I don't think, in WWE. So he's in a tricky spot. But I thought this was a good match. He did everything he was supposed to do. Gunter needed a decisive win. That's what he scored. And, yeah, I enjoyed the contract uh, signing segment. There was all sorts of chaos at ringside uh, with Butch and with Ridge and with Drew and Sheamus getting into it and you know staring each other down and so yeah I thought he did I thought he did everything it was supposed to. He packed a lot into a into the segment of the match. We got a lot here, a lot of developments here. Yeah, which was 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 really good. And then we opened the show as well with the Cody Rhodes and Ludwig Kaiser match, which went quite a long time. I mean it was it was a decent match, but I mean the real thing to talk about was that Paul Heyman and Solo came out. And then we got the promo afterwards, um, which is good, which was leading to the the solo and Cody match on Raw. So, I mean, again, they do a really good job, I think, of kind of giving you something the weeks that Roman's not there, so it doesn't feel like a waste of time. Because I mean, it is, it is quite a hard thing to keep the story going all the time when Roman's there, maybe twenty percent of the time. It's quite difficult, but they they've managed to do it very well, I think. Yeah, I think maybe he's there like every other week. I mean, it's usually every other week, isn't it? But um, but I do know what you mean. And um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of players who can do this. And I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean more because Cody's obviously further than the story on Raw with Heyman. Roman's obviously sure. not there either. So you know, Roman's kind of there every other SmackDown um, to to keep it going. But I mean, you, I mean, 
we've seen a lot of stories in the past where there's been people who've not been around and it's just like, you know, drawn blood trying to trying to get something to keep it going. But it's yeah. it's um yeah, they're, they're doing a really good job with it. And Cody's really nailing it as the, the strong baby face. You know, see they did nine thousand people for a house show in Denver at the weekend. Wow. Without, without Roman Reigns on the show. Very impressive. Yeah, very impressive. Sure. Yeah, people, I think, are behind him and um, they want to see him win. They think he's going to win. If he doesn't win, he's sunk, basically. I mean, this isn't like a Sammy Zayn thing where we knew there was something on standby waiting for them if he were to lose to Roman Reigns. And some people were saying, well, he should have beaten Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber. I don't think he should have done. I think it was the right outcome. Um, but as for Cody, if he doesn't defeat Roman Reigns on Sunday, he's in big, big trouble um, as a character. Um, but yeah, th- I thought they did well here. Heyman's playing his role well. He's selling the threat that Cody poses to Roman Reigns, as he should. Um, and he did that on Raw as well after Cody scored you know, pretty big win, like a kind of a landmark win, really, on the main roster. Um so, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I thought it was well done. I thought I want to just uh, give a mention as well to Charlotte Flair. I thought she really poured her heart out there when she did a promo. And when fans started watching her, she she was really, she seemed really angry about that. She called him out on it and really impressed upon them, uh, on, on the fans, the importance of this uh, match with Rhea Ripley. So I thought she did well. And I think they really brought a, a real aura of um, prestige to this match between Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, which is more than they've done for Bianca Belair and Asuka. Yeah, I think the, the thing on the night, though, is going to be, I'm convinced that no matter what they do, Rhea's going to be the fan favourite at WrestleMania. I just can't see... I mean, even though Charlotte was good here, she didn't really project you want to root for her. In no. And I think Rhea is someone who you do kind of want to root for because, you know, it's like you know her story, you know that she's... She's really grafted to get where she is, and fans respond to that kind of person. Costy, um, Costy, do yeah. I mean, Charlotte. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a double turn in the match. Charlotte is totally miscast as a babyface. We know this. She knows this. I mean, I watched her um, Steve Austin interview uh, last year, wasn't it? And she basically said that she was a career heel, mm-hmm. and that she just didn't work as a babyface. So I was surprised when they. When she returned and defeated uh, Ronda Rousey in December, and was a, was a they tried to portray her as a face. I mean, I think people were really happy that night that she beat Ronda Rousey for the belt. So <laughs> fans were going to cheer. Fans were going to cheer that one. Let's be honest. Um, but as a as a baby face, no, she just doesn't work at all. So yeah, wouldn't surprise me if there's a double turn. Maybe Rhea splits from Judgment Day and becomes her own person, her own uh, wrestler, which wouldn't be the worst move for her. I did want to ask you just while we're talking about SmackDown because obviously we did see uh, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler uh, on SmackDown. Um, they they're going to be in that showcase match at WrestleMania. But did you see Ronda's comments on the feud with Liv Morgan? Yeah. So just <laughs> just for people who haven't read it, here's what Liv had to say. Um, I, I think she said it on Instagram, either on Instagram or on her YouTube series. But anyway, she she was on Instagram. She said. Somebody was talking about, you know, the Liv Morgan feud, and I guess it was disappointing or whatever. And she said, imagine what our Liv Morgan feud could have been if we weren't hamstrung by a bunch of octogenarians who still think they know how to be hip while putting a total of five minutes of thought a week 
into each women's storyline. <laughs> it's not a ringing endorsement of the creative process, but then I mean, I think to be fair, you know, because we've we've heaped so much praise in WWE in the last six months, haven't we? But the really good storylines they've done with the bloodline yeah. and with Doc Ray and Dom, but they have let the women down a lot. You know, there's there's not really been a women's story in the last six months that's really been that exciting or interesting or been that fleshed out. So I I think there is, you can tell there's some frustration at the moment and I do think it's founded. So I hope that after WrestleMania they kind of accept that, you know, I think Ronda speaking out here and other people being frustrated is 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 justified and they do need to put some more thought into these programmes so that, you know, because, I mean, really, the reason that Rhea is so over is because she's involved in the men's storylines with the Judgment Day, yeah. really. If she yeah, was, and, the, she, and the Beth Phoenix thing was well done. Yeah, because, again, involved with Edge, involved with, it's like you're involved with the men who are getting this, like, you know, good story stuff. So, you know, she's been able to benefit from that. But I, I think they, I think I actually think Ronda, for once, I'm siding with Ronda. <laughs> I think that... I, think I mean, it's, it's funny that she used the word octogenarians. I mean, I mean, well, obviously Vince isn't actually in his eighties yet, so that was quite funny. And had he <laughs> gone by then? When, 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 when was the thing with Liv? That was Money in the Bank, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. So it started with Vince, and then I mean, because the thing with Triple H was, even though he took over before SummerSlam, so he took over maybe like twenty second of July or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Twenty. Well, I think the twenty second of July was when Vince retired, so it was shortly after that, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, so, but really, to me, if you were if if you were trying to look at the beginning of the Triple H era, I would say Clash at the Castle is kind of where he really started to make, you know, changes and moves. Yeah. Because, you know, SummerSlam was kind of already done, so he wasn't going to, you know, flip flip the script or anything. But um, yeah, I mean, what, what do you think? Do you think that are, are the women justified in feeling frustrated at the? The lack of story, or is that just you know? Do you think they've, they've? Do you think that they're not justified in that opinion? No, I think that's a fair comment. I mean, um, I mean, I've, but there again, you know, it cuts both ways, and you know, the women have got to deliver in the ring. And it occurred to me when I was watching Becky Lynch versus Io Sky on Raw, it's like, wow, a rare good match in the women's division in WWE. People are really into this match, and it's actually pretty good. And um, so, I mean, I think the women haven't really been that good in a lot of matches, a lot of big matches. I mean, they just haven't been. I mean, Ronda was pretty much a disastrous champ. I mean, Liv Morgan didn't work as champ. We know that. Um, and he took the belt off her, which was the right move. I mean, Bailey returned at SummerSlam. There was a lot of optimism and enthusiasm for that. And really, apart from the Clash at the Castle, Six-woman match, How? what did she do that was memorable? I can't think of anything. I mean, part of the problem is she was up against Bianca Belair, who I just don't think is interested anymore. And if she's not, then she needs to just leave. Um, so I think there's, I think there's a, I think the women's division has let itself down, but you are right, and Ronda is right, more importantly. I just don't think they've had that creative attention. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it works both ways. I mean, if the... If the talent are really bringing it, then I think that inspires the creative team to follow suit, you know, and to reciprocate and to give them, you know, feel like they're worthy of their attention. Um, but I don't blame her for making that comment. I don't blame her at all. So, I mean, it did occur to me on SmackDown when she turned up with Shayna, just 
how much of a you know miscue it's been, a massive blunder that Ronda and Shayna aren't involved in a match with Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. I mean, why are they even in this four women's, you know, this four, this showcase, you know, it's just worthless. And this six woman match featuring Becky Lynch and Lita and Trish versus damage control. Who cares? Yeah. Well, I mean, but, uh, that, that falls into the other part, doesn't it? Where, you know, with damage control, when they came out of SummerSlam, it was like, Oh wow, this is really exciting. And then it's just not really clicked for whatever reason since then. No. Um, and you it, has, it has, I mean, Bailey's had a couple of good matches, but she hasn't really delivered. I don't think the character has really grown. It hasn't helped help that they've been beaten by everyone. I mean, they just don't, they don't have any heat to me. And you know, Eeyore lost on Raw. That was a match that Eeyore should have won. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, obviously, you know, Becky's a huge star. She doesn't really, you know, be a big win for you if she'd won that. Um, I think, I do think on Raw coming out of WrestleMania, you know, if they do, do if they do end up following through with the Trish heel turn that's kind of been bandied around about Trish and Becky, I think that could be pretty good because I feel like Trish is someone who, you know, even when she had that match with Charlotte at SummerSlam 2019, it was a decent match. You know, she she worked hard to try and keep up with with Charlotte, and I think if, I think she would do her best to do that. I don't think Lita is capable. No, of getting herself up to that level, um, as we've seen just from some of the stuff she's done already. So. Um, and then with Charlotte, it's like, who did, who, what do you do with Charlotte after WrestleMania? Because, I mean, on SmackDown, you know, Natalia, Shotzi, Lacey Evans, Zia Lee, I mean, none of it's exactly that exciting. No, no, they're, they're all played out and none of them, none of them feel like they're ever going to improve or progress to the next plateau. To me, they just feel like they've plateaued. This is it. This is as far as they're going to go. And um, they need to clear out. People need to go, and people need to be brought up from NXT, or they need to get the, you know, the machine needs to get into motion. Need to come up with a plan. Right, who's ready for the main roster? Let's bring these people up. Let's try these people out. You know, maybe on house shows. I'm sure they do that on house shows anyway. But let's just get a plan together here for these people that we've got in NXT that we think can be stars on the main roster. Because there's a lot of stagnant talent, particularly in the women's division on the main roster. And to me, you either step up and progress or, you know, you're kind of getting in the way. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a shame that they never managed to get Taya Valkyrie. You know, I think she could, I'm not saying she would have been the, the women's yeah. champion, but I think she could have been a good main roster talent. I do understand, though, you know, if you're her, you know, do you want to go back to the place that let you go? You might, you might, you know, yeah, fun. she was pretty mad about the way that played out, wasn't she? She was, she yeah. was, she was not pretty mad. She was mad. She was yeah, angry. I understand, you know, because she she yeah. moved her life from California to Florida. I don't blame her. I don't blame her. I was a big fan of hers. I mean, I thought, I thought when she started in NXT, I thought, you know, it was a really good debut. I looked like the character. They really polished her up and spent some money on her, which is what WWE does. And um, yeah, they lost interest very quickly. Um, I'm not sure why. And, um, you know, that had a knock-on effect and she realised that they weren't committed to her and you could see that her enthusiasm levels dropped. And then the, I can't remember who went first. Was it her or was it uh, John Hennigan, her husband? I think it was. I think they were both fired in the space of about two weeks. 
Yeah, I think it was him first and then her, if I remember correctly. But, but I mean, you know, if you if you're her, I'll be honest, I probably would go to AEW because even though you know, yeah, you might not be getting the biggest push in the world, you can probably rest assured Tony Khan's not going to let you go two months down the line. So I get why she's made that choice. But to me, it's like you know, there's people out there. I would be going after Jordan Grace, Mickey James, and I, I know it's basically Raiden Impact, but you know, there's people out there who are good who I think would be worth getting because they need Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, Jordan Grace has done everything in Impact. Diona Perrazzo is somebody, someone else who should be working for WWE. I know she went there before, didn't work out, but she's older, wiser, more experienced now. Uh, Masha Slamovich, I think, is really good as well. I mean, maybe she's probably got some time left in Impact, actually, before she wants to leave there. But Jordan Grace is someone who could come in and be a opponent you know, go straight to the main roster and she's somebody who could come in, do the beat down to Charlotte Flair and you've got a two-month program there. So, um, but there's a lot of people out there that could contribute a hell of a lot more to WWE's women's division than some of the people who are there. Yes. So hopefully they decide to do it. Last thing on SmackDown though, um, I thought the main event segment of the T-shirt reveal on the KO show with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I mean, while it may not have been the most uh, you know, deep and meaningful segment. They, I mean, they are going to sell at least a million dollars worth of T-shirts off of that segment. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's all about. We know it's all about selling T-shirts, selling Mountain Dew products. I mean, that's what it's all about at WWE. And isn't it great? You know, I, I don't wish ill on anyone, but isn't it great that Bray Wyatt's not on the WrestleMania show? What a sense of relief I have about that. <laughs> But yeah, this was really good with the uh, customized WrestleZania t-shirt. So yeah, I thought that was genius. I think the t-shirt design looks really good. And uh, yeah, I think they're all going to make a lot of money out of it. And good for them. I wish I was making a lot of money. Well, you know, like it's a hard economic time, Finn. You know, COVID happened. We're still trying to recover. Cost of living crisis. Um, <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Um, so, um, on Raw... Um, it was it was more of a kind of I don't want to say paint by numbers. It was a decent go home show, but it wasn't. They'd kind of done everything they needed to do for all the matches, so we weren't going to get anything blockbuster. But like you said earlier, the, the Becky Lynch and Bailey match, sorry, Becky Lynch and Eo Sky match, really delivered, which is yes, good. It was good to see yes. a hot match to open. That's it, yeah. Lynch won with the with the manhandle slam. I've written here a rare good match in the WWE women's division. And what a sad statement that is. Um would have liked to see your sky win here after interference if necessary. Um I mean it just I mean damage control as heels are just like kind of useless, aren't they? <laughs> you know what I mean? There's nothing there. They've got no heat. They don't pose a threat. No one believes in them. I mean, if they win at WrestleMania, it'll just be a fluke win. And I, yeah, I mean, I was just thinking to myself when they did this promo before the match, I thought, God, Becky Lynch looks bored. And she's reciting all these cliched, you know, lines. And it all just felt so familiar. And I just thought, why isn't Ronda Rousey on the other side of the ring? I mean, that would really fire Becky Lynch up. I mean, that would have been great. I mean, I just think, they've just blown it. I mean, I'm not saying it would have been any good in the ring, 
probably wouldn't have been. It probably would have been awful. But I mean, <laughs> at least there would have been some interest in Lynch yeah. versus Rousey, wouldn't there? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we we've said this before. I mean, that that would have been if they'd have done Shayna and Becky. So Shayna and Ronda against Becky and well, I mean, I'd prefer Trish to be honest with you, Ron Lita, but. Um, <laughs> That could have been a pretty interesting because you, you, you could have had promos with Rhonda and Shayna saying to Trish, you know, you're part of the problem. Women like you who were just bikini models, as you know, you, you could, there's so much you could do with that. And um, instead, they're, you know, they're separated and both matches they're separated into don't really mean anything. No, they don't. They're just, and they're just, you know, you just feel like, you know, why? I mean, this could have been really good. I mean, okay, it probably wouldn't have been, but the thought of it might have been really good. There's more ch- more chance of success, I think. You definitely have more it's chance. That thought that counts. Exactly, exactly. But um, yeah, but so, okay, so um, I mean, okay, they would have been selling a lemon. Fair enough, <laughs> but I mean, people would have been queued up to buy it, right? Some people would have been queued up to buy it. Yes, <laughs> but then we need to. We need to stop the press, though. It might be WrestleMania week. There might be a, you know two big shows this weekend. Well, I mean, there's a lot more, but I want to talk to you about, you know, you must have been doing backflips because Positive Ali is here. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And, you know, maybe this is going to, to borrow your cliche of, of Mustafa Ali, maybe this is going to be a turning point for him. I'm maybe this is the big push is starting. I mean, I'm telling you, Kenny, that I still, I still got a good feeling about this. You know, this is going somewhere. Stick with me. You know, oh my God. this is going somewhere. And Mustafa Ali, you know, turned up and Seth Rollins was being interviewed and mocked him. And then uh, Rollins then brought up that uh, Ali had wanted a match with Rollins some time back. And Rollins said, guess what? Guess what, Ali? Tonight's your lucky night. So they had a match. Uh, that wiped the smile off Ali's face. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's quite funny actually, a distance from the hard cam, you know, Ali and Rollins don't look that dissimilar. They wear, you know, same hair. You know, they're not, I mean, Rollins is obviously bigger, you know, but they've got the long tights. And so, uh, I mean, yeah, obviously Rollins won and he won convincingly. Of course he had to. It was... There could have been no other result uh, after two stomps. And then afterwards, Rollins took the mic and he said, if I can't beat Logan Paul at WrestleMania, he's not the joke. I am. And Rollins brought up that April 1st is Logan Paul's birthday. So it seems quite a declaration there that Rollins is winning this match, Kenny. Yes, it does. It certainly seems so. 
It certainly seems so. Um, I mean, yeah, it, I, I think I think the match should deliver on the night, and you know they're they're doing good stuff to build it. Um, what did you make of the weigh-in between Brock Lesnar and Omas on this show? Did it get you any more interested or intrigued for the match, or are you still are you still at a sort of cool tea sort of level? <laughs> cool, cool tea. Yeah, as in like tea that's been sitting for like an hour and a half. It's just like lukewarm. It's not. It's not quite. It's not you know. It's not a piping hot cup of tea that you enjoy. Yeah, so, I see what you mean. Yeah, and, and you know, and you have absolutely good, excellent analogy. I like the tea <laughs> hot. So uh, that was actually one of your better analogies, Kenny. I just want to acknowledge that here. Thanks. Uh, so, and that's, you, you also uh, called me a Karen the other week as well, which I also appreciate. No, get us for that. Listen, you know, if you had that gig managing Chelsea Green, you'd be laughing. You'd be I, off. I'd take it in a heartbeat. Anyway, almost and Brock. Almost, yeah. So he weighed in at 410 pounds. Uh, Lesnar didn't actually weigh in. He just came out for the weigh-in and uh, attacked Omas. Didn't work out well for Lesnar. Uh, Lesnar tried to use the weighing scales as a weapon. He was disarmed by Omas and sent packing. Um, so Lesnar, you know, was in retreat again. But there was still a lot of support for Lesnar. I think people understand what's going on here. They understand yeah. the rules and that Lesnar is obviously the favourite to win. So he needs to show vulnerability to make Omas look stronger. So there's a possibility that maybe maybe Omas might win the match. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's all it's all about the F5 and the big moment, isn't it? And the big, yeah. you know, pop and... I don't think the match will last very long, nor should it. And um, I think, you know, Lesnar, you've got to give him a lot of credit for selling for Omas. He knows he can do this and get away with it, and people will still cheer for him, and he'll still be a star. He, he knows the game. He understands wrestling better than, you know, 95% of wrestlers, maybe 99% of wrestlers, Lesnar. He knows the business. He understands it. He gets it. He knows what's needed, and he did it here. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that fans are chatting to Suplex City, they know what's happening, they're in on it. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been pleasantly surprising that the fans are kind of into it. I mean, the fans are into it, it kind of brings you into it as well when you're watching. So He does, um, and I think Omas has done a good job looking mean. You know, he looks tough out there, and he, um, you know, Lesnar's the one who's just making Omas look strong. And this is how, I'm not saying Omas is going to be a big star, because I really don't think he's going any further than this. But I think they've done a good job promoting this match. We got a go home promo from Austin Theory as well. Yes. Um, how did he do? Do you think? How did he do to kind of give that final sell for the Cena match? Yeah, it was in an empty arena promo. Austin said um, he was doing this for him and not for the fans or for anyone else. He said John Cena had made it personal, and Theory said he was going to make Cena believe in him. And make people stop believing in Cena. So I think a very determined promo from Austin Theory. I mean, I was sort of thinking, well, maybe we need another appearance from Cena and a beatdown angle. But I just don't think we, I don't think we did. We weren't getting it anyway. And um, if Cena had been there again, there was always the possibility that he might have been been able to resist the temptation to inflict more damage upon Theory. So it's probably for the best that Cena wasn't there. So I thought Theory just, yeah, he just seemed so sure of himself and so confident. And he just, he's going into this match, not as the underdog in his mind in the way that he's carrying himself. And that's the way to go about it. And I think Cena's going to come out laughing and joking and smiling. 
And um, it's all about what happens in the end, of course. We've already talked about this. It's all about the finish. And it's also about how Cena responds if he does lose. We can't have him laughing, Kenny. Cena's out there laughing, <laughs> you know, and doing what he has done in the past when he's lost, where he's just not taking it seriously. Then I just don't think, you know, that this will hold, this will all seem a bit, you know, pointless and 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 a squandered opportunity to really get theory over as a bigger star and, and preparing for the top, which presumably is what the goal of all this is. Well, we will go into our WrestleMania predictions on Power Slam on Thursday. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, I would have liked to have seen Cena one more time, personally. I think I think it would have made it feel a bit bigger, but I think Austin Theory did the best he could to kind of, uh, you know, give us something to, to get us there. Um, we should mention that Carmella seems to not be involved in WrestleMania this year because she was on last week's show, and then this week Chelsea Green got Sonya Deville as a partner. Yeah, it appears you know hopefully Carmella's okay. Um, I was kind of enjoying her act with Chelsea Green, so uh, it's a shame that she's not able to make it at WrestleMania. And hopefully it's just a you know minor thing and not anything major. Yes, yes, hopefully, yeah. I've got to say Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville teamed up against um, uh, Maya Yim and Candice LeRae. And I thought this was a decent match. I thought Chelsea Green for the first time actually looked competent in the ring on the main roster. I mean, it wasn't very long, but I thought it was put together quite well and everything in the match looked good. Um, so Green and Deville won the match. Uh, Green uh, nailed uh, Meachin with a unprettier for the pin. So, yeah, I thought that was fairly well done for what it was. And uh, they are now on the WrestleMania card in the uh, Fatal 4-Way women's match. They took the last slot. So, as we've said earlier, this match seems pretty pointless. I don't... <laughs> it just seems, you know, it's all right, you know, it's an excuse to get them on the show. That's that's it, isn't it? Um, we did have... You mentioned earlier uh, Dominic did a, a promo here um, about, about the match. And, uh, yeah, I mean... I, I, I think he's in his element here, you know, saying, you know, I, I wish that Eddie was my real father and you never existed. Um, I mean, he's just hamming it up. But like you say, I mean, the, we talked about this about a month ago. He had to kind of drop the prison dom stuff because it was so yeah. funny. And they've they've done that. So he's and I mean, I did see someone today say I, I wanted to get your take on this, you know, because obviously Dom's grown his hair out quite, quite, quite long. Yes. Are we potentially leading to mask versus hair at some point? <laughs> well, maybe. Because, you know, they like they like to do that with the mask. So, you know, you, you never know. You could see Dom. I mean, Dom Dominic getting his head shaved would be a riot. Because, you know, he'd sell it like, you know, it's, you know, he's like he's being killed or something. Like he would <laughs> ham it up. So. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got to figure that Dominic's going to win the first match. Yes. I mean, I know like Ray needs the, his revenge and all that, but I think the revenge comes later. Yeah. So Dom has to win the first match to prolong this because this can't be a one and done. It just can't be. Too much time and effort has gone into this for a one-match program. Um, but yeah, I like the sound of that. Um, hair versus mask and Dominic being shaved bald. And um, yeah, there's a lot of... There's a lot of mileage in that, and that can be the final match there for you, and then Dominic can move on to something else. So it'll be interesting to see what he does after Rey Mysterio. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is really well done here anyway. You know, what kind of father hits his own son, said Dominic. I wish Eddie was my real father and you had never existed. <laughs> and Dom was deadly serious here, and as I said earlier. Uh, no, no joking, no laughing, no silliness anymore. 
Um, we're past that now. And, uh, you know, this is serious business, Kenny. Yeah, which is good. Um, and then the last the last big thing from all I wanted to talk to you about was obviously Cody Rhodes and Solo Sikoa in the main event. It's been built up Not Stacey Keebler going into the Hall of Fame. Look, I like Stacey Keebler. I think she seems like a very nice person. But come on. I mean... You know, we've got all these women, and we're watching Victoria in the retro timeline. I mean, somebody like Victoria, Lisa Marie, but you know, she would love to go in the hall. It means so much to her. Yeah. And she actually was, you know, taking bumps and grafting, and you know, she's got a fucked knee for the rest of her life because she was, you know, trying so hard. And she treaded the boards and yeah. all that. You know, there's so, and and Stacy Keebler goes in. I mean, what can you say? I don't know, Kenny. I don't know. Anyway, you were saying Cody Rhodes versus Solo um, Sikoa in the main events. Mick Foley's inducting Stacey, which is a strange, strange pairing. Anyway, um, Cody Rhodes, Solo Sikoa in the main event. Uh, they went about 13 minutes. Cody got the win, so it's Solo's first loss. Um, how do you rate Solo's performance? And was this the right decision to have his first loss be to Cody in a kind of high-profile TV match? Yes, it was. And I was thinking a lot about this before the match took place. They announced this on SmackDown that it was going to take place. And I thought, well, this was the time for Solo to do the job because it mattered and it was part of a big story. And we got the shot of Paul Heyman at ringside after Cody won with Crossroads and Heyman's jaw dropped and he was stunned. It was like, oh, no, you know, this guy, Cody, has just beaten Solo, who's not been He's been undefeated on the main roster. So I think it was I think it was absolutely the right time for Cody to score a win over Solo. Um, I thought the audience could have reacted more to Cody than they did. I think he's going to be all right on the night. Um, but I mean, it wasn't... I think partly it was due to Solo. He's not really that over. And he needs... I don't know what's going to happen post-WrestleMania, but the Solo needs to develop a character. He had more of a character, didn't he, in NXT? He did a lot of talking there. Yeah. And people were into him more there than they are here on the main roster. And I know he's played this sort of silent, brooding bodyguard type, but we need more from Solo if he's going to get over and, um, you know, be a star on as a singles player. And he doesn't have the undefeated thing going for him anymore either now. So, um, but yeah, th- this all this all worked for me. And uh, it was the right time for Cody to, to pin Solo and he needed a big win here and we needed that big response from Paul Heyman afterwards. So, oh no, you know, what's going to happen at WrestleMania? Cody's beaten Solo. Yeah, it, it made total sense. And I think, you know, I do think with Solo, they've been pretty clever about how they booked him. I think he's, it's been good that he's just been in the background because when they do start to make him more of his own person, he's got like a lot of history and, and like a bigger storyline. So... You know, because one of the things I'm the most fascinated about coming out of WrestleMania, and we'll talk about it, is where the bloodline are and what they're doing, because there's so many different ways they can go with it. So, and I think if you don't have solo lose here, then it becomes it's almost that you don't want it to become an undefeated streak, but then it's disappointing when he finally loses, which is what you know has happened in the past. So, I think this was a good time for him to do it. So, pretty decent raw overall. Um. Yeah, I think so. And there was like lots of little sort of interview segments, little spots, wasn't there, to promote things and videos on Ask and Bianca Belair, which were nice videos, but you know, a storyline would be nice. Yeah, well, I was just thinking to myself, we don't need another appearance from those two. 
That will only make us care less about their match. <laughs> the, video, the videos were good. I thought the videos were pretty well done. But yeah, yeah. I think anything in person would just be worse. But um, yeah, well, that's, that's all the time we've got for today. We'll be back on Thursday on Patreon, Friday on the main feed with our WrestleMania preview. And then if you are a fan of vintage WrestleManias, our personal overrun this week on Patreon is going to be on WrestleMania night. We did promise last year that with it being the 30-year anniversary that we would cover WrestleMania 9, and we both watched it. That's um, it. We threatened it. We th- <laughs> And now it's come true. We threatened it, and yes, we rewatched it, and we're going to cover it. Before, like, actually, later today, Kenny, aren't we? Later today, yeah. So it'll be up before WrestleMania this weekend. So we hope you look, we hope you enjoy it when it comes out. So uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 